Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined on this edition with another fresh face in the Scottish wrestling scene. Uh, it's the is, are we going for Punk Princess? Is that what we're Punk Rock Princess? Punk yeah. Rock Princess. I'm joined by Iona Sky. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so very excited to have you on the show because you're you're someone who I've seen kind of like kind of grow up a little bit yeah. through the obviously through the Tarbot. Uh, page that did shows GPWA yeah. and what have you. So, um, not that not that I've I've been like focusing on them, but every so often I'll see a post where you're yeah. talking, you're training or or you're going to a show, and I'm like, yeah, ah, that's quite cool. Now you're actually doing the wrestling. Yeah. Um, but the first question is always the same for for first time guests. It's the most cliche wrestling podcast question that you can imagine. How did you get into pro wrestling? What was the moment that got you hooked? Um. My first memory, I think, of wrestling was my granddad was always talking about it. He loved wrestling. He was always talking about it to my dad. And my dad was always the same. My dad would always talk about it. And one of the first memories I really have was Chris Jericho. I remember him coming out in his light-up jacket and just thinking, like, forgetting about the whole wrestling thing, but that jacket's really cool. So when I started watching wrestling and I started really getting into it as a sport, as a as a performance, it really intrigued me because I was always into things like films and things like that. So the whole idea of it being a performance um, was just intrigued me so much. Um, but watching Chris Jericho and having watching him have the ability to do the things he did really, really intrigued me. So things like that, influences from parents really did um, intrigue me into in the sport right so yeah jericho flashy jacket so i'm thinking 08 09 something like that and actually we've been after yeah that. something like that yeah yeah right. i was re- really young at the time but just the whole idea of the glitz and the glam really intrigued me because i was really young at the time mm-hmm. so something like that just i've really just loved the idea of it all that's it i mean it's 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 same for everyone it's, it's for a lot of people yeah. they like to say it's it's the athleticism and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but no it's the big colors it's the yeah. colors that kind of gets you in in the first place because well for myself it was it was just tail end attitude era night well mm-hmm. actually back in the middle 99 2000 right yeah. about then and uh, even though it wasn't as colorful but the characters yeah. were just as as interesting and and uh you could you could you could fall for a guy that that well, i mean as of as of recording scotty hotties in in the country but like a guy yeah. like scotty hottie who's just He's a guy who does the worm. He's got a big spiky hair, yeah. and he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why yeah. some people watch it. And Jeff Hardy, be another that pops up yeah. quite a lot. Um, from your vibe, I'm guessing Jeff Hardy's another guy that, that yeah. you've has come come across your your eyes at some point. Going, mm-hmm. yeah, he kind of he kind of gets me kind of vibe. Yeah. When you're four years old and you don't really understand much of anything really, but you see something like a light up jacket or something like that it just it's kind of you just sit back and go like whoa like I want one of those you don't really think of it as anything else so when you start seeing things like that you notice other things as well so you start noticing the more of the skills and the movesets and stuff as you grow up so something like that just kind of caught my eye and it just opened an entire new world to me that I didn't know existed really. When you when you finally got into it then you saw, saw the jacket and was into the wrestling world uh, were you able to go back to your, your dad your granddad and that and were they were they like 
right, I've got a bunch of tapes. I've got a bunch of yeah. DVDs that, mm-hmm. that we need to go through. And was there anyone yeah. that they kind of tried to sway you towards? Um, my dad kind of, my dad is obsessed with box sets and stuff like that. So we always had box sets of movies, TV series, whatever. Um, but one of the things he showed me was DX's best moments. So I remember one of the things was um, when Sean and Triple H were talking about how they don't know anything about controversy and Sean starts just super kicking people that just I didn't really understand it but it was just so funny to me how he could just get away with just kicking someone in the face and um, Triple H is just laughing at him so things like that and the way that they spoke and the way that they just they could say whatever they liked and they got away with it was kind of like just amazing to me how they could just say whatever they liked and there was no consequences for what they did so yeah even the funnier moments kind of got me more than the more serious kind of moments in wrestling I think I'm just thinking, I'm just imagining you as, as very young and and seeing the the Vince loves, you know, uh, yeah. stuff coming up and just laughing away and yeah. like none the wiser. It's just funny mm-hmm. because there's funny voices and there's uh, yeah. everyone's just laughing along. You're like going, yeah, this is hilarious. And then later yeah. you'd go back to it and go, oh, yeah. that's, uh-huh. that, that's light bulb. Yeah. That's that's uh, a bit bit more risky than anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you started watching about four then. Um, mm-hmm. or, feel incredibly old as I do in all these interviews when we, when I speak to anyone like born after the year 2000 yeah. um so how did you go from like watching it did you get into the the indies a little bit the Scottish scene uh, a bit more before you you approached training what, what was your kind of entry point into Scottish wrestling the first live wrestling show that I ever went to was the Kelvin Brawl show that was the first show that I ever went to and we were um kind of far back we weren't like right at the front we were kind of on like a balcony and I remember just not really understanding what was going on up until that point I'd watched wrestling I had watched um obviously the box sets my dad had got and things like that but I I had never been to live event so I was sitting and I was watching this show and I remember it was um team Greg Hempel versus um, I can't remember who else. I think uh, it was, it was, was team was team uh, team Ralph Lawrence was it? Yeah, uh huh. And I just remember being like, "This is amazing how all these people like the same things." Because before, I only thought it was my dad and me and my granddad. I never suspected that so many people in the one like city or the one country could like the same thing. It never really kind of clicked for me. And then seeing so many people, and then watching the matches and seeing, I think it was Jack Jester jumped off of the balcony on the opposite side onto Joe Coffey, I think. And I was just kind of like, this is amazing, like how people can just do these different things that I hadn't seen on TV. Um, and now I was getting to see them in real life. It was completely insane for me. And it just kind of caught me, I think, at the right moment because I was so young. And when you're that age, you think, you know, you can do anything and you, and you think of, these people are superheroes almost. So you're like, this is insane. It was just amazing um, the things that these people could do. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep I hear of this this show. I've never never seen. I've seen bits and pieces and clips and that because it seems to be a. It just seems like a not a best kept secret, but like everyone went to it. It seems yeah. in the central belt, and because I'm up in the northeast, I didn't even know oh. it. It, it kind of existed or happened until. Uh, was that the was that the last one or was was Orin War as well? Wasn't there or was that? before um i can't remember i think it probably it would have been in like 2000 
2012, maybe, maybe a wee bit, maybe 2011, 2012. But it was when I was properly just started getting into wrestling. It was when I was kind of, I wasn't so much focused on the image anymore. I was really focused on the characters and how they spoke and how they wrestled and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was just, it was my first show and I kind of, my dad's obviously been to shows before, so he kind of knew the ins and outs, but I had no idea of what to expect at all. Um, but it just, the whole thing really intrigued me, the, the kind of chaos that was going on, but the kind of, the feeling of like butterflies in your stomach of, well, you know, what's going to happen next, what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a great night and I really, really did enjoy it. It was amazing. The thing with uh, wrestling live is especially like your, your Scottish scene and I assume the UK as well. Um, I always say to folk, like, it's watch it on TV. If you don't enjoy watching on TV, go see it yeah. live because it is just absolute madness. I mean, even even WWE shows, when you go to shows mm-hmm. like in Aberdeen or Glasgow, um, they're just a riot for, for whatever yeah. reason because it's it's a night, like you're saying, people, people within reason, of course, can, can shout what they want, they can do what they want, they can just have an absolute great time and um i, I do remember that for, like my mum took me to my first show it's when i was 16 and it was uh, a wwe show and she came out going i just she just i just shouted stuff at people and people reacted and it was great i was like yeah that's that's probably what, I suppose what wrestling is really <laughs> you just go shout stuff and then either the wrestlers react to you or the nor you it doesn't matter it's just I'm, a good time i'm the complete opposite i'm a mute i don't speak like i have so many photos my mum has so many photos of me at wrestling shows and I'm sitting, I'm biting my nails or I'm chewing a bracelet or I'm chewing a hoodie or whatever it is because I just, I like to concentrate. But it's like with anything, like when I'm watching football or anything like that, I'm very competitive. So when I'm watching wrestling, whether it's on TV or whether it's live, I need to concentrate. I don't shout anything. I don't speak really. I just sit and I concentrate, which isn't great because my mum and my sister just, they shout whatever they want. Um... But I'm, I'm like my, my dad, me and my dad just sit and we concentrate and we try and enjoy it rather than try and shout things. Um, we like to watch the madness. We don't like to participate. We like to watch the madness. Um, but yeah, I'm, I just like to concentrate when I'm watching wrestling. I'm absolutely in the same boat. There's so many uh, pictures or, or that, the pan around the crowd and people next to me, my wife, my pals, they're all laughing and, and like shouting and waving and all that. I'm, I'm just, I look like I'm, I am absolutely raging to be there. I don't want to be there at all because my face is just like dropped and I'm just watching and concentrating and just enjoying and yeah everyone's shouting away and I'm like I, I want to but I don't want to miss anything if something yeah. happens so just shut up everyone <laughs> uh, but, but, but yeah I'd absolutely I, I, I get that there's a video that came out recently well not now because this will be like a month's time but um like a, a Aspie Faith came back at the Regal Rumble and you can hear everyone shouting, everyone screaming, you can hear my wife's voice shouting my name because she was so excited for me and then when you see the video I look nonplussed to be there I'm just like, ace this is cool, thank you That this is this is awesome, I'll clap a little bit, oh everyone, everyone stop clapping I'll stop clapping, yeah. it's just uh, it's just one of those annoying things, I'm trying to at least look like I'm enjoying myself at these shows even though I've been going to them for about oh, 10 years this year, so I think I must enjoy them at some point if I'm going to keep going. Um, so yeah, so going from that point of of like concentrating and kind of concentrating on the art of wrestling, um, how did you go about training? I'm mean, assuming your family's very supportive of it because they're all big fans of it themselves. But how did you actually go? No, I want to. I want to go try this wrestling stuff. 
Um, up until about eight years ago, I never really even assumed it was a career. I never even thought of it as, oh, I can do this. I never really thought of it as that. I just thought, these are people who do this, but nobody else does it. So I remember like my grandparents, um, my grandparents who are into wrestling, they, um, they live in Port Glasgow. And I remember my dad saying, um, there's this wrestling school in Greenock, um, 10 minutes away. Um, would you be interested? You don't need to start right now because, you know, the age limit is 12. Um, but I said, yeah, I'd be up for it. I mean, if I don't like it, I can always, you know, take a step back for a few years. If I want to go back, I can go back. So I remember um, my first day, I think I was, I was 11 at the time. It was August. I was going to turn 12 in September. And my dad had asked the trainer, would you be up for having her to come? She's 11 years old, but she'll be 12 in a month. And he said, yep, that's fine. She doesn't need to do anything too harsh, too complicated. Just, you know, see how she does. So I went and I remember being really nervous because I was like, am I going to have to jump off things like I've seen on TV? I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know. But my dad kept telling me, they're only going to teach you the basics. You're not going to do anything too extreme. And I walked in and it was this big, massive stone um like hall and I remember there's mats all over the floor and I thought right okay this is this is this is going to be interesting and as soon as I walked in um all the boys come up and they were shaking my hand and introducing themselves and I thought this is like a really interesting really good environment how they just kind of interacted with me straight away I didn't go up to them they came straight to me and I remember um I think it was Lou King Sharp and Chrissy that took our first training session and I remember seeing him through ICW, through the shows that I'd been to um, as well. And he was just so nice. And I just never relates because you think of Luke Sharp and you think of him as this aggressive, really loud character. And then you meet him in real life and he's so nice and he's just so genuine about the way that he talks about wrestling. So and that kind of, that was my first day. And I thought, yeah, although I was a bit nervous and I was a bit anxious and I was a wee bit stressed out at the beginning, as soon as I got into it, I was fine. And the same every single week, I would I would drive down. I'd be really nervous about what was to come. But as soon as I got in, I was absolutely fine. And then I was flying. I was just, I really did enjoy myself because I had a really good group of people around me who just were supportive and who just, and we were all in the same boat. We all wanted to succeed as wrestlers. You know, there was not really much competition like there would have been in maybe some other um, sports or professions it was kind of we were all in the same boat we all wanted to succeed um, so that kind of caught me straight away because when it comes to that uh, when it comes to wrestling anyway as opposed to other sports it's more of a not so much more of a team effort because you're like if you're in a team you all trust each other but mm. you're just you're putting your body in someone else's hands for yeah. 20 minutes uh, 15 20 minutes a night then you've kind of got to all work together because mm. if you don't then that's just it, one one card uh, gets taken from the bottom and it all just falls down um you speak about looking sharp though i mm-hmm. i love looking sharp he's just the best he, and like you're saying he, as soon as that bell rings or he this music hits he's this like little terror a little terrier and he, he's just wanting to to bite your ankles and just batter you and then as soon as, as soon as the match is over or the show is over he's just like the nicest person yeah. in the world who mm-hmm who is ridiculously intelligent for, for someone who's who got in so early as well. Yeah. Um, was there anyone else that, that you kind of spotted when you when you started uh, off your training? Because, of course, I know, I know I think you're a big fan of Jack Jester, if I'm right in mind in that. 
Um, so he was a guy that, that again looks terrifying, and then you actually meet him. He's like really yeah. nice, which mm-hmm. I know shatters all illusion. I'm sorry for anyone listening to this, but he is just really nice to speak to. Um, but yeah, so it was red <laughs> when when you were getting classes, were you, were you getting guest trainers in like your like your jester, like uh, like Kenny Williams and and people that you would have seen wrestle at shows. Um, um, some of the people that really did help me through training because they were there every single week were people like Krieger, um, and especially um, Prince Assad. He was just first class. I mean, whenever there was any issues or problems or I felt a bit silly or I didn't really know what I was doing, he would always encourage me to just try it. And if it wasn't working, we would try and work around it. But Prince Assad has always been just such a nice guy to me he's really close with my parents now um, and we've kind of he's really did help me he helped me build confidence because at the beginning when you're doing these um obviously wrestling's a contact sport and it's a you know sometimes it can be a bit intimate and you can feel a bit silly and he kind of encouraged me that you know this is normal you know you're gonna feel a bit silly at the beginning but once you get into it and when you start doing it naturally you're gonna be fine um, and he really did help me. But people like Looking Sharp and Krager as well and Prince Assad, they were the main people that really did help me. And I think having like guests in um, as well, like people like Sugar Dunkerton who were coming over to do shows as well, they kind of gave you an insight as to what it's like um, working abroad and also working in Scotland as well um, as someone who's coming over. Um, I think things like that just really genuinely did help me. Um, and when with my dad doing the Tarbert shows, you also got to meet people out with your bubble that you were in. So you met Jack Jester and you met people like that. And you think of them as these massive characters. And then you meet them and you're like, oh, right, okay. You're not as like scary as I thought you were going to be. You're really, you're really, really nice and you're easy to talk to. I remember when we were at a show, I think, I can't remember, I think it was maybe in Aberdeen. Um, and I remember talking to Xander and Ravy Davy, and they were just so nice. They talked to me like a normal person, they didn't talk to me as if I was a fan. They talked to me like I was one of them because they knew I was training. And then I remember Xander saying, Oh, by the way, remember when you have your debut, make sure I get tickets. So things like that, you know, talking to you um, as an insider was completely different because. You know, they didn't talk to you as if you were a fan, they talked to you as if you were one of them, which I think really helped me because it made me feel like I'm part of this now. I'm, you know, I'm one of them. Maybe not, I'm not at the same level, obviously, but, you know, they're talking to me as if, you know, I'm inside the bubble now. And that was really, that was really good for me, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, especially, yeah, that that all sounds like, like I mean, I suppose wrestling is, is a, as an expressive thing, you don't maybe not realize it until you're actually doing it that you have to mm-hmm. be a bit more expressive. And we'll get to your first match in a bit because I, I, as someone who's watched it for long enough, I noticed that straight away when you're in your first match, which I said we'll, we'll get to because I did write about it. If anyone wants to uh, go check out my, my review of, of the first Renegade show, but not yet, go listen to the rest of this first. Um, so, so seven years, so that's that's a, a, a big lot of training i'm assuming there's some gaps in between there some bits of times yet to stop and you don't have to discuss why or, or the ins and outs too much but um how did you end up going from from starting at that school greenick and then did you go to a different school and how did you end up at, at, initially would have been fierce females how did you end up there 
Um, so I started um, at PBW and they were great. And then when Greenock kind of wasn't working out, we weren't getting enough people. Um, it was it was it was a struggle because you're working with the same people every single week. You're not really growing um, as much as you would as a big, at a bigger school. So um, eventually it, it just didn't work out. So um, all the people who were at Greenock moved to um, Barhead. Um, so we were going there for a really long time and then obviously COVID hit. So when COVID hit, it was basically not obviously open, you couldn't do anything. So once COVID was kind of disappearing slightly and things were starting back up, um, the days changed um, and it just, because I live three hours away um, in the West Coast, I live in Kintyre, um, the days just weren't suitable. Um, I'm in a band as well, so things were clashing with band practice and training and it just, it just wasn't suitable for me. So my dad had looked at Fierce Females, which was an all-female um, um, school so we thought okay we'll try that out if again if it doesn't work we can always try something new and then and as soon as I got in it was a completely different environment I was actively encouraged to not stand in a corner to talk to people to sit to talk to if you had any worries at all you just had to talk because um before I was kind of silent and people were talking and stuff like that. And I didn't really know what to say. I think maybe my age was something to do with it as well. I just really didn't really know what to talk about. But I remember my first day at Fierce Females um, at the time, by the end of the session, I was getting hugged and they were saying, we're keeping you and things like that. And it was just kind of like, we were all part of this family already. And I'd only been there for three hours. It was completely insane how this, group of people could completely transform me into something completely different than what I was before. I was more confident. I spoke more. Um, I was just more confident within myself, not just as a wrestler, but um, as a person. And it was just completely insane to me. And I knew after my first session straight away, this was the place for me. I wanted to stay straight away. I knew I wanted to stay. You find then, as a fellow introvert, I know this, it can limit your opportunities and stuff like that. Is, do you think that's why possibly you didn't get your first match at the time? You're, you're quite just, you're happy just to, to learn and, and kind of plod away at, at, at doing the learning bit of things and not pushing yourself forward to go, no, I think I'm ready to have a match kind of thing. Did you find that was, that that's what held you back a little bit? Yeah, I think I was always kind of, nervous about because obviously it was a mixed group there was people of different ages and you know there was women and, and, and men as well I was kind of I didn't really know what to do because I thought if I make a mistake are they going to laugh at me um am I, am I going to hurt someone I wasn't really sure within myself of what I was doing at the time and I think that's why it took me so long because I did stand in a corner I didn't speak to people I just I didn't really know what to talk about of course I would have you know little conversations and things like that with people um, and it would be like 30 second conversations about you know what was on WWE on Monday night it would it would literally be something like that it would never be anything too in-depth about who you were um, and that's completely my fault I just didn't talk because I was just so um, nervous about speaking to people um, but when I moved to um, the Renegade um, I could talk to people about anything because 
you know, they were they were encouraging me to just say, oh, you know, how how's how's school at the minute? How are you doing with your your exams and your prelims and stuff? So we would talk. We didn't necessarily just talk about wrestling. We talked about you know um, what was going on in school or what was going on in your life or how's the band going and stuff. And they would talk about stuff that was going on in their life. So we kind of we talked to each other as people, not necessarily just as wrestlers. And that kind of brought me out of my shell more. And I think that's kind of what led to me having my match so early on um, with that school. And like, I mean, I've, I've spoken to, of course, uh, Brody and and, uh, mm-hmm. and the like, so and, and also the Strother sisters, which we'll, we'll obviously get on to uh, later on. But um, yeah, it just sounds like a really inclusive environment. And mm-hmm. that's, of course, what is what they encourage and they want it to be this big, big family. Um, I mean, I, I suppose in, in defense of, of, of your previous school, of, of PBW, um, I don't know if it's just a dude thing. We just we don't, we don't know what to speak about. We're just like, wrestling. You like the wrestling. I like the wrestling too. Let's speak about that for a bit. I suppose when you're in an environment with with four women, I suppose, uh, as well, that um, a lot of their kind of, I don't know, mothering instincts might kick in and just like all sisters together kind of thing might mm-hmm. might all kick in and... and it sounds great. It just sounds like a great, encouraging environment for people uh, of of all of all work uh, walks of of life. Uh, of course, because you got, of course, uh, London as well. Um, there, the school and wouldn't necessarily fit a particular mould at any other school, but they do at at uh, Renegade. So, um, yeah, just I just like the sound of Renegade. It just sounds really nice uh, in general. When you were getting your first matchbook, though, um, which would have been all exciting. It was for fierce females at the time. When it found out that, that that was getting pulled away, well, that Fierce Females was getting, that Renegade was pulled away from Fierce Females, mm-hmm. was there a moment of you just going, oh, I'm so close, and you thought maybe it wasn't actually going to happen, or was everyone just, just like, no, no, it's still going to happen, we're just different, do it under, under a different name? What was that? Was that a bit of an anxious moment when you heard of this change? Um, I don't know if it was so much of a nervous moment of it not going ahead. I just wasn't sure... Um, what was going on I didn't know um if the show was going ahead would it be Fierce Females or Renegade but um as soon as it happened we all talked about it straight away there was if anybody had any questions at all they were answered straight away nobody was really left in the dark about anything um so I think that was really important for me because obviously I had only been training for four weeks up until that point I think maybe five weeks I think so obviously not only was I new to the school and I was kind of just getting to know people but at the same time when that did happen I wasn't sure I was like oh god right okay what's well, like is is are we going to be moving to a different location and um, is the location going to be hard for me to get to um but when I found out pretty much straight away that it was going to be the same location the show was still going ahead it was just under a different name it kind of settled me a bit more but um yeah, I had only been training for about four weeks, and then when that happened, I was like, "Oh God, right, okay, what?" I'd like, oh, I don't know what's happening, what's going on, um, but yeah, I wasn't really nervous as such, but I was kind of wondering when it was going to go ahead. Not so much as if it was going ahead, but like when it was going ahead, um. But yeah, I think I think I was just excited to get this opportunity. I wasn't nervous about it. I was more excited than anything else. We'll speak about the first match then. So your first match at Renegade Wrestling Dojo, uh, the no backup required event, you know, four or five weeks in, in at Renegade or wherever it was called at the time. 
you come in against uh, just, just Aisha Raymond, you know? Uh, so someone who's, yeah, as you do. So, so someone's traveled Japan, traveled Europe, traveled the world, wrestled for WWE, the Mae Young Classic. Not a bad first opponent. Um, so when when Aisha uh, broke the news that, that you're getting her for, for your first match, um, we know we, we talked about your trepidation about the, the show actually going ahead or where it was going to be. But when you find out that was your first match ever in seven years, this is this is your first match in front of an audience. What what was your thoughts? Um, I didn't really know what to make of it at the beginning when she first told me. I remember um, we had just finished a training session and I was just getting ready to leave. I had got my bag and I got my boots and I was about to walk at the door and my mum had come to um, speak to her about something I can't remember what it was but my mum was standing and I was standing and she said um, oh just you know by the way just before you leave um, you're, you're wrestling me at this next show and um, by the way um, and I was just like sorry what <laughs> like what like, what's what what and she said um, yeah oh me and you we're, we're having a match at the first show and I was like all right okay and I walked out and then my mum was like, is she serious? And I was like, no, she can't be serious. No, I've only been training for about three, four weeks. Like, she can't be serious. And then um, I got into the car and I said, oh, by the way, Dad, um, I'm fighting Aisha Raymond in my first match. And he said, what? And I was like, yeah. None of us even really, because I'd waited so long, none of us even believed that she was telling the truth. We all just thought that she was kind of having a laugh, just making a joke. Um, but I had no, because everybody who had been there, before, like, Catsabelle and the Struthers, um, I knew they would have a match, but I never thought that me, who had only been training for three weeks, I didn't see how it would be fair for me to have a match. I thought, get the first show over with, and then I'll have a match. I never thought that I should get the, have the right to have a match, um, but I did. And, I, and within a week or so, we kind of um, talked about it a lot more, and I wasn't nervous, but I was kind of, I was excited to see how it was going to go because obviously I knew who Aisha was, I knew her style. So I was kind of, I was really excited to see how we were going to work it out. And I knew that I'd be fully safe. I knew that um, whenever we were doing any moves that I knew what I was doing, she would know how to fix anything if anything went wrong. You know, I felt fully safe and I felt comfortable. Um, so I think that kind of settled my nerves. I wasn't anxious about the match. I was just excited to get going and just feel that buzz, I think. So I was just really excited to see how it was going to go. And was the next panic, oh, no, I need gear. <laughs> so was that when you had your boots and that, or did you have kind of like a look in mind yeah. before you, you started? Or or mm -hmm. was the crafting the, the pop punk princess look? How, how did you, Was what insp inspirations, influences did you take to do that? Um, it wasn't, I think I, when she had said it and I knew I didn't have gear because I hadn't had gear at all because just before COVID, I think there was maybe the chance I was going to have a, um, a match. I think it was a tag team match, perhaps. Um, but I still didn't have gear. And during COVID, I never thought, I didn't even know if I was going to go back. I didn't even know if training was going to start again. I didn't know how it was going to work. So I never got gear. I didn't know how anything was going to work out. So the panic was on. I was I didn't have any gear at all. I didn't really have much idea of what I wanted. So me and my dad kind of sat down and we said, right, what kind of gear are you looking for? And we kind of instantly said, because my gimmick is the punk rock princess, what, what are the kind of things that I would wear on stage when I'm singing? 
So we went for leggings um, and my Iona Sky t-shirt. And we kind of just fiddled around from there. We had about two weeks to kind of just mess around with stuff. So my mum just bought bits and pieces and we put them together because the whole idea of my gear is that I've made it myself, kind of. Um, so that it's like ripped leggings or um, things like that, ripped t-shirt kind of, so things that we wear on stage. So we kind of, for the first show, we wanted to keep it simple. Um, and then from then on, we could see how it looked and if we wanted to change anything, we could. But definitely the panic was on from the from the start of getting gear because I had no idea of what I was going to wear at all. Um, so your first match came, comes up, and I, I thankfully put it on YouTube so I could watch it as well. Um, the first thing I absolutely noticed, like I said a little bit earlier on, is the just the little things. It's like clearly you'd, you'd watched, like you're saying, you you watched the art of wrestling, you watched all the all the movements and and the little bit and subtleties and when I watched your match with Aisha, I was like, well, that's clear. <laughs> it's obvious that you've, not that you've trained for that long, but the fact that you've paid attention to those little bits, because um, for for one little bit that, that I'll just mention, you can go back and watch everyone on YouTube, but uh, it was was just like Aisha was coming at you in the corner and you were just kind of swiping. Not, it, was, it, was just, it wasn't anything big, but it was just like enough for me to go, right, that's it. She's, she, she knows what she's doing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, when the match was over, of course you won. Uh, you ended up pinning Aisha Raymond, which you know is pretty big as well for your first match. Um, how did you feel the match went for you? Were, were you quite happy with it? Was it? Was there anything that you were like, ah, "Wish I did this better," or was was Aisha very able to kind of pick, pick little bits and pieces here that you could work upon? Um, I think at the end of the match, I was kind of. I wasn't really focused on that went really well. I was kind of just like, I've done it. I've I've finally done it. You know, seeing my entire family there, my two sets of grandparents, my mum, my dad, and my little sister, I didn't really think of, oh my God, that went really well. I was kind of just like, I've done it. I've finally, I've finally done it. So after the match and I got backstage and I just wept. I was in tears. and. It was just, and then when you start thinking about it, you start thinking, um, did that go well? So I asked my dad straight away after the show, I said, what did you think of this? What did you think of that? And my dad, the way that my dad is, he's um, not critical of things like that. But he, you know, he says, um, this is really good. Um, but I think you can do this better and stuff like that. And I think having someone like that who kind of keeps you grounded and doesn't, you know, you know, overload you with praise all the time. I think something like that's really good. So I asked him straight away because he obviously watches a lot of wrestling. He knows what a good match should look like. Um, so I asked him straight away and he gave me little things I can work on and stuff. But after the match, I remember just um, being so emotional and being so thrilled that I'd finally done it and that I'd done it with the people that were around me just made it even better I think um but the match was amazing it went exactly the way that I wanted it to it went exactly the way that we had wanted it to look um and yeah it was just it was a really good match nothing went wrong thank god um but yeah it was just a great night a great match and I was just so happy with the way it turned out I was I mean I was definitely shocked when I heard uh, of course um Aisha and Adam Woods did a, a com alternative commentary for it and I was shocked to find out that you'd been training for that long. And I was like, well, how have you not had a match? And I watched it. I was like, 
oh, it's okay because because it's not like you're it's not like you've been you've been hanging around for for seven years and and I've done nothing. <laughs> you you came in that first match and you're like nailed it, and I was like ah okay that's fine. It's not a huge worry then. <laughs> it's been seven years kind of thing. It's, it's it'd be worse if it was seven years you came in and were absolutely rotten. <laughs> I'd be like that's why you've been training for seven years kind of thing. Um, but no, it, it it was a really I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I mean if if, if of course, I, I probably have, I've definitely not watched as long as your dad has or your granddad has or anything like that. But um, I definitely got the match and really enjoyed it. So um, that was that was yeah, it was really it's really nice to see new people come in and see how they react to a crowd, especially I mean, especially for yourself. You're coming in like say with with all your family watching you. That's quite a bit of pressure, and you're going in with Aisha Raymond. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's probably as pressure filled as it could have been, I suppose, yeah. for your first match. And then afterwards, like so, you could. Just breathe out and then weep, and just and just uh, take it all in and and that. So one match in, great, everything looks to be going well. Um, we'll get into the second match in a bit. We'll kind of take a, a little brief halt to the wrestling chat because, like you mentioned, you're in a band. Um, so I did did a little bit of of research because I I do that as a podcaster. I do some research. Um, although I, I have got the name of the band, I don't know how to say it. So so. What's the name of the band you're in? <laughs> um, Anavran. Um, a lot of people ask us how you pronounce it. Um, we get a lot of questions like that. Um, but it's, it is Anavran. Um, the guitarist in the band, he picked it out and we instantly went with it. You know, it was me and him to begin with, um, Brandon. We, I was originally, I had been in two bands before that and they just, they didn't work out. Um, so, when the second band was kind of, it wasn't really working out anymore and we weren't really sure what was going on and because of COVID, obviously, and we weren't really working on much. Um, I got a message from Brandon saying, um, I'd really like you to help me with some work for my um, stuff to get into uni. Um, and I said, oh, I'm already in a band. I'm not really sure. And he said, um, oh, I'm not looking for you to be in a band with me or anything. I'm just kind of looking for you to help me out um, with my uni stuff. So I said, yeah. And we started working together and we started um, doing covers, but we also started writing some stuff. Um, and then when the other bands didn't work out, we kind of formed a band and I managed to get the drummer from the old band to come in. And from then we just brainstormed about what it was we were looking for, what it was we were kind of wanting to do. Um, and then once we got in our bass guitarist, um, from then on it was just, writing in gigs to do, um, writing our own material. Um, I think after six months um, of me and Brandon working together, we had written an original song and we'd written Dallas, which is our first original song. And then about six months after that, we had released our second single, um, which was Everything Wonderful. Um, and from then it was kind of just finding gigs to do and then kind of collabing with people and seeing how you know um, what kind of sound that we wanted to do so I think through the band as well as wrestling um, I, I became a lot more confident on stage and um, so I was able to kind of express myself through music as well as my wrestling now um, but the band has really definitely helped me build confidence and through writing my own music um, it's a different way of expressing myself than being in a wrestling ring, I suppose. So, I mean, so is that, that your other passion growing up then? So you had wrestling on one side and then music on the other. So uh, what were your, I mean, 
you, you're the punk rock princess. So I'm assuming there's some punk rock bands in there and your inspirations. But uh, what was your kind of uh, listening habits growing up then? Um, very mixed bag. Um, my mum and my dad, they are into loads of different music. My my dad goes from like Hue and Cry um, to Slipknot. <laughs> it's very mixed bag, very, um, very different genres. Um, but I think um, having that range has definitely helped me become my own my own singer I think as it's helped me to kind of figure out my own sound how like things to sound how like things to kind of be set out when I'm writing a song so through their influences of different music genres and different bands and watching music videos and things like that and it really kind of opened my eyes to again not really realizing that this could be a career and then I started writing my own music and with the first band that I was in and then gradually over time I was just writing more and more songs but they weren't really getting used um, and then when me and Brandon started working together they were getting used and we started putting um, guitar to them and then drums and then bass and then from then on it was kind of just um, through that influence of my mum and dad's um, different genres of music we found you know our, our own sound. Um, so yeah, I was listening to my Spotify today, so anyone can go check out an Avrin on on Spotify. Um, so I was listening to Dallas and everything wonderful, and the one that there was like the single that he put out through the the Glasgow Collective, yeah. um, State of Mind. That was the one that, that that got multiple listens today. Um, so when when you're approached about the Glasgow Collective, uh, what was was that? You feel like that was your like a big break for an Avrin, or what was your how how was that how did that work out? Um, we had done um, in December, the beginning of December, we had um, been asked by Reaction Management to take part in this show at the garage, um, in the third floor of the garage. Um, it was us um, and three other bands, um, but the headliner of the show was Black Star Jackals. And me and the singer um, got kind of talking just in general about music and things like that and bands that we liked and stuff and then within about um two three days I think um the singer from Blackstar Jackals emailed my dad and said look we're looking to do this kind of collaborative mixtape um of bands all over Glasgow would and have been be interested and instantly I said yes because although at the time we hadn't really put a song together we had lyrics and we had um a melody and music to go with it so from then on it was like right we have literally two weeks to record this song and mix it and get it out and get it sent to um, the singer from Blackstar Jackals and um, so when the song once we recorded it and it was mixed it was ready to go and we sent it away we were kind of just waiting to see how people would react to it and then once it was out and once people listened to it, we can't we we got a good reception for it. Um, I was kind of nervous about because the, the lyrics might be a bit controversial. I wasn't really sure how people would react to the lyrics if they even really listened to the lyrics or if they would notice. Um, but yeah, I think I was more nervous about not necessarily if people would like it or not, but I was more concerned if people were like, well, that's a bit too controversial. I don't think that's really what we're looking for. But thankfully, people did kind of enjoy the lyrics and kind of enjoy the sound of the song and plus 
the other bands that are on that mixtape are incredible and I'm just so glad that we we actually managed to get it done in the time because if we hadn't I probably we probably all would have regretted it those things so when, when you speak about lyrics and that I mean it, it's much like wrestling it's just a it's an expression isn't it it's just an yeah. expression of of uh whatever's on your mind or, or whatever you want to kind of put across to to an audience um so it's it's all it's all kind of relative at the same time as it with wrestling music and I know, acting or whatever it's, it's all the same it's all about an expression of of art and love and that's what that's what i was getting across from from that so yeah if anyone's wanting to, to they can go into spotify look at uh, an avrin and uh they can find those those songs easy enough i mean i did I'm, and i'm a techophobe i don't know how half the stuff works so um i hit a button on zoom and that's it that's that's, that's all i have to do um so yeah it, it's very easy to find it and yeah very easy listening uh as well um so outside of that then so that's us taking our detour away from the wrestling for a moment we're gonna throw ourselves back in um after that first match then you had your weep you're, you're all excited you had your you had your notes from your dad and from everyone else uh, for bits to, to come back and what to improve upon um your second match was announced of course for rebel uh, which is just past like march 22 march 2022 that's why that's why i've written down that idiot um earlier this month uh of march because it comes out in april i'm getting confused with dates ignore me um right you match with london love lust there we go back on track um so second match then with someone who you would have had a lot more time to train with and i think they they'd only had a couple of months training if that if i remember rightly from chats with brody um so this is a bit more of a different kind of thing then so with aisha you were you were kind of settled by it being a bit safe because she's done this for years she's yeah. she's she's done it all the time london of course less experience um a little less developed as well um of course they will obviously get there eventually but they're a little less developed so a little less of of, of a safety net i suppose um how was it like going into to your second match then with with london um when i heard when i heard it at first i was obviously nervous because um we hadn't really talked too much to each other up until that point um just because um, of the days because they would usually go sometimes on a Monday and I would go on a Thursday and a Friday so we were kind of we were missing each other so we never really got a lot of time to like talk to each other and get to know each other um, so up until that point I didn't really know them that well I didn't really know much of their style um, as such so it was nerve-wracking because when you don't really know that much about the person that you're 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 going up against it is difficult because with Aisha um, if you had any questions you could just look up videos on YouTube if you needed to but with London it was difficult because you didn't have that you had to speak to them directly to get to know them and when you're constantly missing them at training it is difficult um, but when we we started to talk to each other and we got kind of we got closer and we kind of we spoke to each other about what we were looking for in the match and um, it was a lot easier um, so we just when it properly got down to right we need to focus on this match we need to know what we're doing it was so easy they were so easy to work with they just they just kind of wanted to get everything out everything that you know about wrestling they wanted to know um and it was just so easy to work with them so when it got to the, the, i think it was the week before the show 
um, the Friday. That was the only time that we practised our match. The Monday, obviously, I couldn't make it because I don't usually go on Mondays because I live three hours away. And the Friday um, was the gig, the Pete and Diesel gig that my dad had put on in Tarbert. So I'd missed the Friday the day before the show. So we had one day to practice, the, to run through the match and know what we were doing. And for the last show, um, the one against Aisha, we planned our match that day. We had 45 minutes to plan a match and then to get to know it. And then um, with the whole um, match with London, it was we had one session to plan it. And then on the day it was going through it and kind of, you know, getting into, you know, getting into character. Instead of just walking through it, we were fully getting into right, we need to take this seriously. This isn't just we need to walk through it. We need to just go for it. Um, so up until that point, I was kind of, I was still a bit anxious, so I wasn't sure how it was going to plan out. But again, just like the same, um, it was the same outcome with the first match. It went exactly the way that we wanted it to. The crowd were amazing as usual. So that kind of like pushed us because we knew that, you know, it wasn't going to be silent. We knew that um, the crowd that were there were going to drive the match. So that was... That was encouraging as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's different. You seem to thrive under pressure then. Uh, that seems to be the way it's it's worked out so far for you. Um, first match, of course, being quite a big pressure keg of, of everything. And then the second match, you've got like aye, a session and uh, the day of just to kind of just do it all, uh, which is a lot for someone's second match ever uh, for both of you. Oh, no, London third because they had two at the first show. Um, so, and then, of course, you got to factor in, you had this whole thing with the Shudder Sisters uh, also. So not only are you thinking about that, you've got to think about how this thing is happening as well. So um, how much discussion or, or or interaction were there with Maven and Raven? Were they at the same sessions as you? What was your kind of relationship with them? From the first day, we had clicked. Straight away, we had clicked. Um, we kind of straight away got talking about everything that was going on between COVID and the band and school um, the three of us we just kind of just talked and then by the end of the first session they were hugging me and saying right you are one of us now this is just this is just how it's going to go you're even if you know it doesn't happen you know, even if we don't pull you in within wrestling itself, you are part of our group now. And that was really encouraging for me. So um, when it started to look closer to, you know, the second show and they were kind of encouraging me a lot more and they were kind of giving me pointers and stuff like that on how to, you know, cope within a match and stuff like that, because they have a lot more knowledge of wrestling than I do. They've been to a lot more shows. They've, you know, they've been over to... um see Wrestlemania and things like that they have a lot more knowledge of wrestling than I do um, so they were giving me pointers and stuff like that and I kind of from then on it was kind of just like alright okay this is this is definitely something that we can we can take this further than it just being while we're at training so we kind of took it forward into we could work together um, in the ring together um, so that that was pretty much encouraged from day one I think that we should work together Thing with uh, Maven and Raven, of course, uh, for anyone that's listening, they go back to the start of the season, and that's when I spoke to them. Um, I think they were they seem excited when they see another girl that likes wrestling, 
I think because for between the two of them, they they were like when when one found out the other liked wrestling. I was like, no, you are my you're my family now. You're literally my family. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if that again that that kind of translated through your your first time at Renegade Dojo was uh was like going. There's more girls that like wrestling. <laughs> this is so cool kind of thing. Um. Did you find that growing up? I mean, I suppose with your with your dad doing the Tarbot shows, that it was fairly obvious that you were involved in, or at least enjoyed the wrestling uh but was there any part of that that you kind of had to because i know when i was younger wrestling was a dirty word it was kind of like you don't watch that rubbish do you was there any part of that you had growing up at all or were you quite very very out outward everyone knew you liked wrestling right it was that was that how it was growing up pretty much i mean when obviously i grew up in the central belt until i was about five um, so I, then I didn't really have much knowledge of wrestling as a profession and then I moved to the west coast I moved to Kintyre and then from then on it was kind of like right okay I started watching wrestling more I knew more about it um, as an art form as a performance as a sport and I kind of knew straight away right this is what I want to do no exceptions this is what I want to do and I will do anything to to I'll go to whatever training school I need to go to, but I want to do this. I wasn't sure how. I didn't sh- wasn't sure how much it was going to cost, but I knew that I wanted to do it. So straight away, people knew that I wanted to be a wrestler. No one really took it seriously. I don't think I remember um, when I was really young. Me and my granddad were joking about it, and he was like, "Oh, you'll grow out of it. It's just a phase. You know, you won't want to do that." And then um, I think as he seen me kind of grow up and. Um, I started taking this more seriously and I started going to training sessions. I think he was like, no, she's she's actually going to do this. But I think it was when I was telling people this is what I wanted to do, but I wasn't doing it yet. People were kind of like, oh, it's just a phase. It's just, you know, it's like anything else. You know, she'll, she'll grow out of it and she'll want to do something else. Um, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. Um, I kept watching wrestling. I kept, you know, spending money on um, different things. My parents were spending money on different things. Um, and then when I started properly training, people still weren't really taking me seriously, but they were kind of just like, oh, right, she's starting this now and things like that. Um, but I think when I got my first match, um, that's when people took kind of took me seriously. They were like, right, OK, she's actually she can actually do this now. She's had a match. She's she's done it now. Um, but up until that, nobody really took it seriously um, because it's not really seen as. Um, in people's eyes a proper profession I guess if you want to put it like that but in my eyes I was going to do it there was no one that was going to tell me otherwise uh, uh, Great uh, that's, that's fine. apologies to everyone in the last couple of minutes if, if you heard me coughing um, this room is definitely hot um, so I, I apologise but it's, it's I don't want to interrupt Diana because it's, it's fascinating when, when you hear how like how people know i mean i was always like he likes wrestling whether good or bad i was just i was like everyone knows there's no, no point in, in hiding this and uh and you know it, it, all the same crowd of going oh you know it's nadial and all that kind of stuff i mean shock horror to everyone uh, but it's it's just it's just a part of growing up i suppose being a wrestling fan and here we are 2022 and wrestling's just about as hot as it ever has been i suppose in some way or form um anyway right We'll get into your like hopes and what you want to do in the future, but we're going to ask you our two stupid questions that we ask everyone. Nobody is, has gone out of this. I've asked the likes of Joe Hendry, 
And now Big Demo, I can add that to my list of people that I've asked these questions to, and they're just stupid. Um, first one is, what's your favourite dinosaur? Um, I had this conversation with my mum and dad beforehand, and we had a bit of an argument. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to have to agree with my mum. I'm going to have to go with a Diplodocus. Sorry, Dad, but we're going with Diplodocus. I think I genuinely, I just love them. I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like you're either kind of either a Tyrannosaurus Rex kind of person or you're a person. And yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Diplodocus. Was your, so. was your dad a T-Rex person? Was that his? Oh, hang on, Kyle there for a second. Ah, so your dad's it was dad's a T-Rex guy, was that his answer? Yeah, yeah. Right, cool. That's that's fine. There's a moment there where we're just staring at each other, just going, is this working? <laughs> um so another question we ask is what would win a fight, two sheep or one cow? Oh, two sheep or one cow. Um I know that sheep's heads are really, like, really solid. So I think I'm going to have to go with two sheep, I think. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with two sheep. Well, that's, that's fine. That's, that's my answer. It has been for forever. I'm glad to have someone else on the sheep train here. Um, yeah, just, I, don't, I don't need you to, to explain why. I'm just, I'll just agree with you. Um, so... As as seems to be our internet connection is starting to to cut in and out, we'll just kind of wrap up with what what you hope to achieve. So you've had two matches in. Of course, there's plenty of places for you to go, plenty of places for you to to wrestle. Um, is there any companies at all, say in the next, I'll say twelve months, that you would you would love a, a crack at getting to? Or are you just quite happy just to build yourself up at Renegade first? Um. I think I'm, I'm I'm quite happy with the position I'm in at the minute. Um, my head's not gotten too big yet, um, but I am quite happy with where I am at the minute. I'm kind of just going at you know my own pace, but I, I would be interested in maybe not the next twelve months. Um, maybe just um, working for other companies after twelve months, maybe. But at the minute, I am quite happy with the pace that I'm work, um, working at the now. But if I did get an offer, I don't see why I, I would say no. Um, but I think with Renegade at the minute, I'm in a very comfortable position. You know, I'm a Struthers now. I'm very, very happy with where I am at the minute. Um, I've got great people around me. So, I'm, yeah, I'm fairly happy with the situation I'm in and I feel very, very comfortable. And as far as, as wrestling people, I mean, with, with Renegade, it's inclusive. Of course, we've seen that already with, with Tom Fulton and that coming over. And uh, Austin Brooks recently uh, coming in, in to, to face Brody Adler. Uh, is there anyone in particular you want to get in the ring with? I assume the likes of of your of people you grew up watching, like your Jack Jester and that, they're pretty high up on there. You want to get in the ring with and, and batter for a bit. Uh, but is there anyone in particular that you want to, to get in the ring with uh, sooner rather than later? Um, I'd really like to get the opportunity to work with Brody. I think. You know, I've seen her work. I've seen the way that she talks about wrestling. You know, I think it would be really interesting to just kind of let us go at it and just see what happened, just see how we would get on. I think, you know, I would feel fully safe 
when if I was working with 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 her, um, and I think we would just we just both go at it. We would throw everything at it because that's just the people that we are. We kind of, you know, um, we are willing to just do whatever to try and win a match. Um, so I think it would be interesting to see how me and her would work together. Excellent. I'm sure she'll be absolutely up for it as well. If 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 I know anything about Brody, and it's very little, but I'm, I'm assuming she, they would she would be uh, well up for for a scrap. Um. So the last question we ask everyone now is just a it's a, just a fancy question. So you got the main event of your chosen wrestling company. We'll say WrestleMania for sake of argument. Uh, you get to choose your match main event against anyone. So it could be at this point literally anyone because as of as of we're speaking. So Stone Cold Steve Austin is coming back. Um, so it could literally be anyone that's alive, I suppose, that you could uh, face uh, at, in the main event. Opponent, opponents could be multi-man match, multi-women match, could be anything. Uh, stipulation, have at it. What would it be? Um, I'd really love to. I'd really love it to be AJ Lee. Growing up, AJ was the person I looked up to because um, when I first started watching wrestling. The people that I had to watch was like people like um, Eve or Kelly Kelly, people that didn't really represent me. And then when AJ came in and she was, you know, a geek and she loved um, comic books and she kind of just had that about her. And she was completely crazy and insane, but that really intrigued me about her. Um, so I would probably have to say just even getting to work with her, that would probably be my dream match. I think working with her getting to know her as a person as well as um, a wrestler that would probably be um, my dream match I think Excellent um, Right so I think I think we've we've kind of gone a little bit more about Iona Sky in this, this hour or so that we've had a chat so um, hopefully next time we, we do have a chat it'll be, you'll have a belt maybe, you'll have all these amazing other matches that we can go into and deep dive on but where can people find out about you, about uh, um everything where can people find out about iron sky on social media um so um you can follow me on instagram at iona sky um on twitter as well at iona sky as well and of course you can follow um my band anavrin on instagram and twitter both at anavrin as well um so that's pretty much it yeah if you get any other questions then you can ask me as well if you have anything Excellent. That's perfect. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward for this one to go out and, and people listen, get to know you a little bit more. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Thank you. No problem.